0: Hi, this is Pastor Wilson with Renew Church OC. Thanks for joining our podcast. We're walking through the book of Luke, thinking about what it means to follow Jesus, to see the world the way he does, and to integrate his patterns into our life. I hope you enjoyed the sermon today. I also wanted to point you to the description section where you can find the church's website. We would love for you to visit our church and consider investing in our ministry. There's two other links. One is a podcast I do with a therapist at Renew Church, and we kick around issues like dating, mental health, and friendships. And lastly, there's a children's book series and a journal that I wrote with my wife and my mentor. And would love for you to look at those resources as well. Thank you so much for being a part of the Renew Church family, and I hope that you enjoy the sermon today. God bless.
1: So, Wilson, thank you for the generous introduction. Right here. And um, he kind of outed outed me as a missionary, I guess. <laughs> I don't know if that's what you guys pictured when you say, what do you think of when you think of missionary? You probably didn't picture me. Uh, maybe this is what you pictured, Kristen Whitmore outreach pastor. Uh, or more likely, uh, the, out, the announcement girl uh, is maybe what what you think of when you think of me um but i am actually on staff with crew have been for about 19 years and uh currently i'm on a on staff with a smaller ministry within crew called crew city and they have generously allowed me to be on loan uh to renew for a lot of my time which is why i get to spend a lot of time with you folks which has been really sweet Uh, but my first uh, assignment on staff with crew Uh, alongside my husband Jonathan was in LA at USC doing campus ministry and I remember uh, during our time in LA I found myself on the Amtrak train one day on the way out of town to meet some friends crowded train and found a empty seat sat next to this guy and just struck up conversation I was like oh you know where are you going he's like oh I've got a project for work was like what do you do? And he said, oh, I'm in film, which is pretty common to get when you're living in L.A. You know, I had a lot of friends that were pursuing um, acting careers. I was like, oh, are you an actor? He's like, no, actually, I'm on the production side of things. I was like, oh, very cool. Um, are you like, Have you ever worked on something that I would know of? And he's like, no, probably not. I was like, well, try me. Like, what, What's something that you've worked on before? And he said, oh, um, I work in adult film. (laughs) Adult film. I was like, oh, um, yeah, I'm probably not familiar um, with any of your work. And so then he, and then he said, so what do you do? (sighs) Do you want to know what I said? So do I. I have no memory of what I said. <laughs> I can I can tell you verbatim the conversation up until that point, and then I, I have no memory, which tells me it probably didn't go well. <laughs> I probably just totally blocked it out of my mind. So I tell you that story because I know that sometimes missions can be a conversation killer, and uh, even the idea of you know, what comes to mind when you think of a missionary or have you been on mission before? It's kind of like, eh, I don't know. That's something out there for those people, uh, not really familiar to me. And so my goal today is to kind of wrangle in that idea of mission and bring it close and study it and see what Jesus had to say about it and really what it has to do, not with just like the special people, but what it has to do with us. And so first, even when I say the word mission, I feel like I want to untangle a little bit these other ideas of mission that might come to mind. It's on the next slide. So common misconceptions or unhelpful ideas of mission that might come to mind. One, we live in California. I think about the California missions. If you were in California for fourth grade, you probably did a special project on California mission and then your parents probably had to throw that big old thing into a huge dumpster somewhere. (laughs) Um, But you know, when we think about California missions, we think about colonization, about an agenda for the Spanish or the Europeans in the name of Jesus to wipe out a culture and a people and to take away their identity the Native American people that were already here. So that's, that's an unhelpful definition of mission. Or I think about military mission. And you know, sometimes we do borrow a lot of language from military missions when we talk about uh, Christian missions, but You know, then we can start thinking about it just being, like, a strategy, and, you know, we've got our commander-in-chief, and we're just obeying, and we're, like, taking out a target, and all of a sudden these people become our enemy, and sometimes that can be really unhelpful language as well. And even the idea of a mission trip can be incomplete, or sometimes unhelpful when we think about mission, because when we think about a mission trip, we think about going somewhere, and it's this isolated experience or this specific amount of time. So all of these might come to mind and I feel like they're just not quite what we want for today. And so if we zoom out and give like a very general description of what I wanna use as our operating definition for mission this morning, it would be this at the bottom. Being sent or called to accomplish a specific assignment as a part of a greater purpose. And so you can kind of see with that definition how those three other definitions of mission would be used. But in scripture, for our purposes today, being sent or called to accomplish a specific assignment as a part of a greater purpose. So in scripture, what do we see is the greater vision or the greater purpose at play? Well, ever since sin entered the picture and Adam and Eve left the garden, we have seen God's greater vision or purpose of bringing back relationship with mankind, of restoring relationship, of bringing us back home. And so that's the greater vision and purpose that we see. Okay, so on the next slide, what was Jesus's mission? We say at Renew, and for the three of you that were here this morning at nine, Ben said uh, in our vision that we are God's family, empowered by the Spirit, on mission with Jesus. So we want that to be true about who we are. So what what does it mean to be on mission with Jesus? What was Jesus' mission anyway? Well, we've spent a lot of time studying the Gospels, which is very cool. We have been going through the book of Luke for a long time. We're on a quick pause. We'll jump back in in a few weeks. Um, and in our daily devotions, we've been going through the Book of John. So for many of you, some of these passages might be familiar. Uh, but I think about in Luke, uh, there's a section of Luke where there's a few parables strung together where Jesus talks about seeking and saving the lost. We have it We see it especially in the parable of the lost coin, the lost sheep, the lost son. And those parables illustrate what great lengths. Jesus would go to to seek and to save the lost and what celebrating occurs when a lost soul is found. We see the woman who tears up her house trying to find the lost coin and celebrates when she finds it. We see a shepherd who chooses to leave the 99 sheep to go after the one sheep and celebrates when he finds that one sheep. And then the father who has been betrayed and shamed by the lost son is rejoicing and throws a party when he returns back home. The next one Jesus in uh, John 3:17, so the verse after our most famous verse of John 3:16. It says for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. So Jesus came not to condemn but to save. And I just want to think about this for a little bit because if you ask a lot of people about what their impression of Christianity is, they might say that it's very condemning. And I do think that people might feel condemned by the message of Jesus and the message of repentance, but they might feel condemned because it's on us. It's on messengers. It's because we have made that message condemning. We have yelled it in hate. We have put it on signs. We have not been listening. We have not been loving. And so some people feel condemned by the message of repentance because it's been said in a condemning way and and that's on us. But I think sometimes people feel condemned by the message of Jesus' call to turn from sin, to repent because he's telling them you're lost and in need of rescue and that can feel like a really condemning message for someone who is loving and worshiping something else to say that other thing that you're loving and worshiping well, it's killing you. Well, well, that could feel condemning. But Jesus says that he didn't come to con- condemn, but to save. To give eternal life, a whole different kind of life, a life that lasts forever, a life without sin. To give life to the full. What's interesting about John 10:10 is not only do we see a mission statement from Jesus that he came to give life and give it to the full, but it starts by giving the enemy's mission statement. He says the enemy comes to steal and kill and destroy, but I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Jesus says that he came to bring light to darkness, says he came to testify to what is true. To save, to bring us life, to bring light to dark places, to tell us what is true, this is really good news. But it's interesting that the expression of his mission brought him to the cross on our behalf that that was Jesus' assignment. This mission brought him to the cross to express the greater purpose or vision of restoring relationship. That the Father can accomplish his greater purpose through Jesus defeating death for mankind on the cross. So what does that have to do with us being on mission with Jesus? Well, if we were to keep going through John in the next slide, We would see in John 17 when we get a sneak peek in John 17 of Jesus' prayer to the Father. And he's praying for his disciples. And he's praying for the people that would believe in him through his disciples, which is all of us. And Jesus says, as you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. Again, this is resurrected Jesus in John 20. He says, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And again in Acts 1:8, this is resurrected Jesus. He tells the disciples, "But you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth." So we are his sent ones. It's really clear. He says, "I'm sent, and now you are sent." God sent the Son, Jesus sends us. But important to notice in Acts 1:8 is where and to whom And if you were to look into the descriptions of Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the earth, and how the disciples were interpreting those choices, you would see that Jesus is saying, I'm sending you to the people that are near and the people that are far. I'm sending you to people of your own ethnicity, of your own affinity, and people that are very different than you. I'm sending you to people that you would think are prone to receive the message that I have given and to those that you think would be very far. And he's sending us with the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus doesn't send anywhere where he doesn't already go or equip us and power us. So what I'm trying to say is, if you're a follower of Jesus, you are a missionary. Okay, so how many people in the room when you were little, said that you wanted to be a missionary when you grew up. Nobody? There's a few MKs in the room that are like, I knew I didn't want to be a missionary when I grew up. Um, So Jonathan, my husband, tells a story of when he was younger, and we all would get asked that question, like, what do you want to be when you grow up? He's the oldest. He has three little sisters. And one of his younger sisters would say, I want to be a missionary when I grow up. And Jonathan would be like... That's stupid. Why would anyone want to be a missionary when they grow up? Funny thing, he did. Um, And also, she did as well. Um, But I tell you that story because I think Jonathan's response is a lot like a lot of our responses. So a quick sidebar, I guess, at this point, I just want you to know that I am not going to ask you to sign up for anything and i'm not uh gonna try and guilt you into going anywhere and um and i hope that that's like a a little bit of a relief um but that you wouldn't think and automatically attach all those connotations to me telling you surprise you're a missionary because i think that sometimes we get trapped there and Opportunity for missions overseas um, or going somewhere in a different context to have a specific purpose of bringing Jesus' gospel news to a people in a place that maybe you haven't been before is so cool. And I really do hope that you get the opportunity because there is opportunity and need all over the globe. And even in Jesus' charge to go to the ends of the earth, it's there. It's part of his desire for us. So... I I hope that you have opportunities to say yes. Next week, we're gonna hear from some women who are traveling overseas with Filter of Hope. Um, And so it is exciting and we wanna celebrate those opportunities. But if you look at the bottom of the screen in this next slide, I just want you to think, a mission trip is not the pinnacle of missions, but maybe just one expression or even entry point. Because sometimes a change in scenery or a change in geography can really help us have a change in heart and change in perspective. So sometimes actually a mission trip is not like the pinnacle of missions, but sometimes it's actually an entry point to help us get vision for the God I serve here is actually the God of the whole world. And there are people that are learning to worship and follow him over here, just like I am at home. It can really be an eye opener. missions so i want you to be able to say yes to going on mission but what i want to talk about the rest of the time here is i want you to also be able to stay and say yes to being on mission this top quote i love it says your real life in the place you live is the holy and ordinary ground upon which you live out your faith the call of a missionary is not always to move to a new place but it is always to make room right in the middle of your ordinary life on your street among your neighbors for the gospel to flourish thank you ashley hales she's my friend not really but um okay so when i think about a quote like this i think about when Uh, Right after Jonathan and I spent a few years in LA on staff with crew, we moved to Tokyo, Japan for one year on what was a little bit more of like your stereotypical missionary experience doing campus ministry in Japan. And when we first arrived, we had a welcome from the Japanese crew director. His name was Yoshitaka and I'll never forget his welcome to us. Um, He said, I want you to enjoy your life here if you ran at home, I want you to be a runner here. If you like to bake at home, I want you to bake here. If you liked going to dance classes at home, I hope you find a place to dance here. And what he was saying is he was saying, I don't want you to just come here and be on special assignment and have the gospel of Jesus that you're gonna download on people and then leave. Like I want you to live here. I want you to pursue your hobbies and do ordinary life here. And after having that year experience, it's interesting to look back and to see what really was the most fruitful ministry opportunities that we had. One was, and we were all uh, in campus ministry, one guy was uh, sports campus ministry. Uh, One really fruitful ministry was a gospel choir. Uh, The guy that was with sports ministry was also a very talented gospel singer, and he started a gospel choir. And it attracted so many people to be singing these gospel songs and to be able to share with them what the meaning of those words actually were. Or I think about another really fruitful experience was hosting a Thanksgiving dinner, just sharing our American tradition with our friends. Um, The one person that we saw make a decision to follow Jesus that year. There's one person that our team saw, and uh, it was our neighbor. And it was because my teammate Shila often went over to my neighbor's house to practice piano from her, she was getting piano lessons, and to practice Japanese. How ordinary. And yet, how cool that that was where God decided to bring a ton of fruit. So when you hear me say missionary, this next picture, This is who I want you to picture. You guys recognize those people? Those are our people. It's like looking in a mirror. So this picture is from our all-church retreat last summer. And on Sunday morning of our retreat, we had uh, breakout times based on your vocation or career Um, all over the spectrum. And we just kind of discussed together, how does my vocational calling fit into God's kingdom work. What's unique about my calling, my skills? It's part of kingdom work. And I love that, and I hope this is something that we continue. And uh, once you read this quote with me, it says, the city will be renewed not by five church planters and five nonprofit leaders. It will be renewed by the complex callings and careers of the 500 other people sitting in the pews. Or we could say it this way: the city of Brea or the county of Orange County, County, will be renewed not by the renewed staff team, not just by the crew and university leaders in the room, it will be renewed by the complex callings and careers of the 250 other people sitting in the Curtis Theater. And I, I really do believe that. So what does it even look like if we were to think like, okay, regular person ordinary life going to my regular job being on mission what does that even look like well we're going to pull some perspective from paul very famous missionary and he wrote a good chunk of the new testament and so we're going to look at second corinthians chapter five it's one of my favorite passages you'll actually skip one and then go one more slide after this that one yep and i hesitate to borrow from paul's words because paul was like totally stereotypical missionary (laughs) where he traveled all over and he shared the gospel with a bunch of people but um i really do feel like the truth and heart the mission and the motivation of his words really are relevant to us right now so if you find yourself floating away to like oh the special people just rein it back in okay i'm i'm skipping a little bit here just so you know there's a couple verses that i skipped for the sake of time but it's Second Corinthians chapter five, I start in verse fourteen. He says, "For Christ's love compels us, because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died. And he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves. But here's our mission: for him who died for them and was raised again. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation." That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. I'll pause really quick. This word reconcile that he's already said like four times. um, Reconcile just means bring back to healthy relationship. So it's the idea that there was relationship, it was broken, and to reconcile means to mend or to bring back to healthy relations. And he committed to us the message of reconciliation. And then I say it again in red. Uh, Verse 20, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. So the mission Paul states here is the ministry and the message of reconciliation. The mission that we have been given with Jesus is to restore relationship. We have been reconciled and now we are reconcilers. We are hoping and desiring and trusting to be a part of God's plan in making relationship with mankind whole and right again. But I love the motivation that's stated at the very top in verse 14 and 15. Christ's love and the truth of the gospel. Cause Paul is saying, I am compelled and I am convinced. Those are powerful words of his motivators. It's Christ's love is compelling me, and I'm convinced of the truth of the gospel, that Jesus' mission led him to the cross, and it's his work on the cross that means I no no longer wanna live for myself, but for Jesus' mission that he stated. You know, I've been motivated by a lot of different things when I've shared the gospel before. I've written a number on a piece of paper, and made that my goal. I want to share it with this many people and this amount of days. And I am an achiever Enneagram 3. And so my motivator is to get that number. And I hope it's maybe higher than my neighbor. You know? I've been motivated to that before. <laughs> uh, I, hope that, I hope that mostly it's this. But I've been motivated by guilt. I should do this as a Christian. Especially I should do this as a Christian a crew staff person or as a missionary. I've been motivated just by inspiration. You hear a story. I remember always hearing, for some reason, all the people at the missions conferences fly next to somebody that is ready to hear the gospel and turn their life around. But you know, when I sit next to someone on an Amtrak train,
0: it's
1: not the same story. So I've been motivated by inspiration where it's like, I wanna have a story like that. But hope, hopefully, mostly it's this, that I'm compelled by Christ's love and I'm really convinced of the gospel. Because you know, guilt is a sucky motivator and inspiration is a flimsy one. They can both be effective in the short term, but it's not lasting. But motivated by Christ's love and the truth of the gospel, that's different, it's far more powerful, it's abundant, it's continual, it's overflowing, and it's more fruitful. So if our mission is reconciliation, to partner with Jesus in mending relationship that was intended but broken, and if our motivator is love, what better way to express express that mission than through relationship with people? through loving relationship with people. And I love in verse 20 that he's the image of an ambassador. And it says in verse 20 that God is making his appeal through us. So that means that as a Christian, wherever I go, wherever you go, we bring with us an invitation into relationship with God expressed through my loving relationship with the people that I get to encounter. And if you aren't a Christian in the room this morning, I love that you're here, and I love that you're already asking questions and exploring, Um, but I hope that you experience this when you walk into church and when you walk into this room, that maybe that you feel seen, like you can experience what it means to to be sought after, even if you're lost, that you're experiencing that. I hope you sense the fullness of life in the room, the different kind of life, one full of purpose and hope. I hope that you feel light breaking through into the dark places of your mind and heart. If you feel those things, that's Jesus on mission. Those are the passages that we read of him stating his mission statement. And that's you coming into a room full of people that were made to experience and express what it means to have a reconciled relationship with God. And then I just think about that last sentence. Uh, We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. That really would be our biggest hope for you experiencing family here with us at Renew. And for the Christians in the room, I feel like you might be saying, okay, so what do I do? Like, give me the practical. And I don't want you. <laughs> it's kind of how I, how I felt getting to this point, um, right? Because if we're talking about being like compelled and convinced, it's just like it'll just happen. But at the same time, we do want opportunities for steps of faith. And even when we think about, um, time together as a church, we want to be able to do this in community. We want to learn and grow and challenge ourselves. Um, but I would say if you're feeling stuck on that compelling and convinced part. And would love just number one, the idea of just studying the gospels and Jesus's mission expression. So when we look at Jesus's life and what it meant for Jesus to be on mission and we see his friendship, we see his life of sacrifice, the way that he serves, like that is an excellent way to be inspired by mission through expressing relationship and sacrifice and service the way that Jesus did. And this would be really cool to do as a part of your small group or just your relationships. Reflect on your story of reconciliation and the story of others. How is it that you felt like you were made right in your relationship with God? What about people around you? What was it that brought them to say, yes, I do want to repair and restore my relationship with Jesus, and I trust that he did that through the cross? What were the things that they shared? It might be coming, inviting someone to a church environment. It might be a conversation with they had. Hear what's happening and how people around you have come to Christ and do that. Try those things. This is something I feel like God's been inviting me into. Pray through your ordinary and ask, where are you at work, Jesus? I do show up differently when I do this. When I'm getting my hair done and I'm thinking, God, where are you at work in his life? When I'm dropping my kids off at school and I'm interacting with other parents and I'm asking like, what are you already doing? It feels a lot less scary and lonely when I'm like, not just like charging pioneer missionary on my own, but I'm asking God to give me eyes to see and ears to hear where he's already at work. And it's pretty sweet to see the doors that he might open through that. And finally, I'll ask you to sign up for something if that's what you really want. Uh, no, but really with Renew, we want to give opportunities to say yes to being on mission with Jesus together. There's something about being able to do this in community and even sometimes in an isolated experience um, that will encourage us, that will give us a vision and will be effective in reaching a city or a community of people around us. So we'd love for you to say yes to things like sports ministry. This is such a cool ordinary one, right? Playing, pursuing your hobby on a Sunday and inviting people from the city and community to do that alongside you and allowing them to rub up against people that are Christians and with that, have the invitation to restore relationship with God just by nature of who you are. RFKC, you hear us talk about a lot, the Royal Family Kids Camp, and tabling on a college campus. And so as we kind of close in a minute, I think Wilson will come up first, but when it's time to discuss with the people around us, I would love for you to just think about some of the ordinary things and maybe where you might feel stuck or where you wanna invite Jesus to open your eyes for the next um, step of faith and pursuing mission exactly where you're at with what you have and who you are and the place you live.
0: Thanks so much for joining us today. We're really grateful that you'd spend time listening to the sermon series. And we also wanted to point you to a few other resources. My wife and I wrote a children's book collection helping kids bridge their faith with God's calling in their life. As a businessman, as a doctor, or nurse, and as a creative. Secondly, we wrote an adulting journal, which helps young adults think through this transition into adulthood, whether it's transitions in friendship, family, faith, or calling. And lastly, I want to point to a podcast that myself and another church member, Roy Kim, who's a therapist, co-hosts together. It's called The Same Boat. We talk about relationships. We just finished... Um, a series on dating we think back to an english ministry church and we just tackle all kinds of topics that are relevant to our life i hope that uh, those resources enrich your life as well and lastly if you're looking to partner with us on our website we have a give section you could give to our general fund and continue to serve our church through um, through partnering with us financially but if you scroll down we have quite a few local missionaries that have called Renew Home. If you read their bio, there's also a section to give to each one of our local missionaries. We hope that all of them would be fully funded going into this year. God bless you. Thanks so much for being with us. And uh hope to, hear, hope to uh, have you join us again.